0: Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, a podcast brought to you by Trace Labs. It's our mission here to facilitate OSINT for everyone. We'll be hearing from industry experts, community leaders, and everyday people about the tools, topics, and techniques that will make your OSINT collection better. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breadcrumbs. Today, I am joined by ray baker aka wondersmith underscore ray ray how's it going
1: hey pretty good how are you
0: i'm good i'm good um some people may or may not know this about you but you are actually a member of every volunteer (laughs) infosec organization ever as far as i know i just checked my notes
1: It, it feels that way yeah <laughs> yeah. ILF, Operation Save Escape, O-Sink Curious, Trace Labs sometimes.
0: Something that we did not talk about in the pre show setup. You were actually the very first person I ever interacted with in the Trace Lab Slack. Really? Yeah. This was I did not realize up, that. Yeah. This was leading up to the last in person DEFCON. twenty seven. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so Defcon 2019 um
1: <laughs> so long ago.
0: <laughs> back when things were in person. <laughs> yeah, it was uh leading up it was the week of Defcon 2019 and I'd found Trace Labs in like the list of Defcon events and contests. And I said, "Okay, that sounds cool." And I found the website, joined the Slack, and you were asking for feedback on a blog post you did oh, about yes. multigo
1: yes yes
0: yes and i remember I'm like, that now yeah so i'm like hey i'll read this and give some feedback you know i'm in no way qualified to give feedback <laughs> on anyone's multigo blog post neither then nor now but um yeah you were just a really just cool person and i'm like man this slack is awesome it, 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 this is what is going on here if this is the kind of people that are in this community this seems like a pretty cool place to be now, i'm glad
1: are. right now that it was a good interaction <laughs> i Multigo actually reached out to me and surprisingly that is their most shared Multigo blog like it's not even a Multigo blog it's my blog but it's the most shared one about Multigo, which blows my mind <laughs>
0: Cool. So, yeah, so that, that's just been a fun fact. And, you know, like we've since gone on to, you know, share membership in a couple of different volunteer organizations, and you're always yeah. someone that I wanted to have on the pod. So I'm really excited to get this conversation going.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed our interactions, So <laughs> I'm happy to be here.
0: Cool. Well, um, at the time of this recording, we are wrapping up 2021 and it'll probably drop early in the new year and with that in mind i thought we could do a new year new you kind of conversation i uh, had to and, say it uh, <laughs> yes and what the listeners can't see is just the you might hear inner voice but just the cringe <laughs> that's, that's just,
1: my marketing background and how many new year new yous i had to put on advertisements over the
0: well until we find a better slogan, we'll just go with that one. <laughs> Maybe we'll fix it in post. But New um, year,
1: new you, OSINT.
0: There you go. So going into the new year, um, hopefully people are looking to pick up a new skill, pick up a new tool to put in their toolkit. And if they're thinking about OSINT, that can be a pretty daunting task. You know, maybe they saw a documentary or a YouTube video or a conference talk and they're like, that sounds really cool. How do I get started? And (laughs) that's that's this huge or that's the first brick wall they tend to hit is they hear a story about something somebody else did. And they kind of want to do that, but they don't know where to start.
1: And it's like, here's here's the Internet. Go OSINT things. Yes. There you
0: go. <laughs> and the this is such a broad topic. Um I th- I thought we could just maybe start by getting your feedback on like what is your take on open source intelligence? How can people get started? How did you get started? Um for those people that are just trying to break into the field, where to begin?
1: Yeah. So I had no idea what open source intelligence was. Um, I started going back to school for security and risk analysis and, and this is not a purposeful plug for Trace Labs, but, um, I attended the layer eight conference two years ago and Trace Labs was doing an event there and, um, my Penn state team group, we went there and they convinced me to, to try this out. And so I played and Like I've always been a huge true crime fan. And if you follow me at all, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Um, But it was like a weird intersection between true crime and like investigation and security. And I just loved it. (laughs) And and that's how I got started was it just matched up with so many things I was already interested in. But I do understand when people see a documentary or they hear about it, they, they have no idea where to start. Um, like you said, it's just like, (laughs) it's a brick wall. Here's, here's the internet. Everything's open source. Go find something, go research something, become an expert somehow. (laughs) Um, so my, my suggestion for that is to narrow it down. So how I did that was I started writing blogs. Um, I wanted to know more about OSINT. So I figured if I wrote a blog, I could teach myself a concept. Um, we talked about the Maltigo blog. That's pretty much what I did. I wanted to learn how to use Maltigo, so I wrote a quick blog on it, um, never intending for anyone to read it. It was mostly just to teach myself, um, but I did that with a few different topics, maritime, um, corporate recon, things like that, to see what, what was most interesting to me, and then I just kept up with it. Um, maritime OSINT really struck me as something I enjoyed. So I just, that helped narrow my focus into what kind of OSINT research I wanted to do, because, I mean, there are a vast number of different different ways you can take OSINT. Um, so basically narrowing it down um, is the, a good first step.
0: I think that's fantastic advice because, like, open source intelligence is literally everything. <laughs> um and it can be so many different things that people, you know, don't even realize they're they're collecting OSINT, but it can be so many things, it can be really easy to just be a complete deer in the headlights. Um, yeah. I was I was hoping we could maybe go through some examples of what I call everyday OSINT or maybe practical OSINT that might, you know, stimulate some thought to our listeners, give them some ideas. Um, OSINT is something that we're all doing constantly whether we realize it or not and once that light bulb kind of goes off I think yeah. it can you know change change the way that maybe a n- new person or a newcomer thinks about open source intelligence
1: yeah and I think it doesn't have to be anything grand you don't have to like I don't know find Russian spies or something it could be something as simple as like you know, we we just had Christmas here. So, uh, you know, we keep getting, I live in a new development. We keep getting packages for random people that, you know, it's not, they don't live in our house. So we have to Google them. We have to look them up to figure out who they belong to. I mean, that is technically OSINT. Their address, their name, all of that stuff is online. You're, you're looking it up. Um, that's open source intelligence. It could be that simple.
0: Yeah, or... An example that comes to my mind, um, anyone that has ever been through the horror that is purchasing a home okay. um, ha, ha, has probably <laughs> has probably done some OSINT and maybe didn't realize what they were doing. If you're looking at where you're buying a home, you know yeah. you can look up historical weather trends. How much does it rain? How much does it snow? Um you can look up how often has that property changed hands. You can look up the schools in the area. You can look up the crime in the area. Yeah, you Did any crime
1: up, happen at, at the house you're trying to buy?
0: Yes. You can look up the sex offenders in the area. Yeah. Um, that, that in and of itself, in my opinion, is a much more practical OSINT investigation than, you know, doing what Bellingcat does and finding, you know, outing Russian spies through murdering people. Yeah. Uh,
1: and those, those—I mean—you have to think those; those don't happen overnight. I mean, those are researchers. They're researching this topic. They understand what's going on, the situation, the politics involved. It's—it's it's a lot more than just like looking something up. So, that's really hard to just jump right into and think that you can do that. Um, that takes takes time to like hone those skills.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess maybe a a realistic example um, when I was house hunting over the course of the last year great example um found a listing it was on paper or on zillow you know everything that we wanted it was you know the right square footage a little bit of property kind of rule but also close to civilization and in our price range well hooray and with the with the housing market being as hot as it is at least here in the u.s people are making offers sight unseen. Oh yes. So, hey, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, I'll give you 20% over asking because I just have to have this house I saw on Zillow, which is pure insanity, but that's the re- the reality of the housing market right now. Depending on the state that you live in, like you, you, you could just be locked in. Um, I'll just use Indiana where I was looking once you make an offer on a house, there are very few things that can get you out of that offer so if you make an offer in Indiana and the house just sucks you're stuck with it as long as oh. as as long as someone's gonna finance you you are stuck in that deal um, there are very few sort of asterisks or caveats that will get you out of that deal you know things like lead or asbestos. Um, you know, or just things that like the bank just says no, we're not going to loan you money. Um, that's, but, like, yeah, look... that's
1: definitely scary sight unseen here. <laughs> Take my yeah. four million dollars for this one bedroom apartment.
0: Yeah, so um, so that's incredibly. De- and then su- some states are a bit more buyer friendly, so it's gonna it's gonna depend. But you know, you'd be doing yourself a pretty grave injustice not to do some research if you're if you're gonna play the sight unseen game. So back to this this property that you know my family was looking at it was amazing um just you know had everything that we wanted until we googled (laughs) um a quick you know a quick search just of that address um brought up you know what appeared to be the owner and then it appeared to be the owner's son And that address popped up in a number of arrest records. In fact, the son had been arrested every time he'd been released from jail for about the last 10 years. Um, He would typically do a two to to four year stretch, get out and be, you know, get right back in trouble within a few months. So his home address was this address. So it was all over these arrest records. And it was a, a mix of, Crimes, but the one that was maybe the most concerning was meth, specifically, oh, yeah. manu- specifically manufacture. So, um, anyone that has ever seen Breaking Bad knows that <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're, bad, at, if you're cooking meth, if you're cooking meth at home, that's 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 not a place you want to live. Um, it's going to contaminate the entire home, and depending on what they were doing on the property, the entire property could just be scorched as well. Um, yeah, that's they not, usually that,
1: level those houses, don't they?
0: yeah yeah that's not typically something that you know a vacuum and a coat of paint is going to fix and if they've poisoned the land um that's not somewhere that you really want your children playing so that was huge 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 red flag that okay a person associated with this address has been arrested for a substance that could be poisonous to my family okay well i'm glad i checked that um (laughs) And then just some some deeper googling just uncovered a few more things none quite as concerning as that um and then fortunately i was able to tour the house or the you know the house slash property before we made an offer and everything i saw just backed up you know in a full
1: chemical suit i hope
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, it just backed up like everything that we saw on Google and it was actually an incredibly sad story. Um, I I won't get into too many of the uh, details, but you saw like the property was a reflection of the decline that I saw on Google and it was just, it was just destroyed. Um, and and
1: that's, it's relevant because, you know, not just that you, you saved yourself from buying that property, but because had you moved in, that address is everywhere. And say they made enemies. I mean, they they those people know the address. They might come yes. looking for the person. Yeah, where's Ronnie? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I guess it's a humanitarian. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, like what I did wasn't sophisticated. I I just I just put the address into Google and then just saw what popped up. But I I did have to you know, be a bit discerning. I did have to lean back on some investigative skills, like just because something pops on Google doesn't make it true. So, you know, the, you know, I did have to do a, a bit of correlation to make sure there were a, f- a few different data points backing up the story I was kind of uncovering. Um, so it that's a
1: very important note too. like, you're talking about new people coming into the field um, or maybe just as a hobby, not even like, working in the field, um, there are like frameworks that we work inside, you know, you, you, you use these investigative techniques or skills, um, you do things that aren't risky, you, you know, protect your systems, you, there are, there are ground rules that, that everyone kind of follows and needs to know to remain safe, um, while doing open source intelligence.
0: Yeah. And that's the, I think if there was a singular point I would want newcomers to grasp immediately is that it's still an investigation and the fundamentals haven't changed ever. (laughs) Like an investigation is an investigation and you're going to go through the same steps you would, you know, if you were investigating a crime a hundred years ago, um, it's it's collecting multiple data points it's finding you know do these things correlate you know do they back up a central narrative um, not just trusting what you read or what you hear um, those skills are what actually make you an investigator not you know using a, a tool Andy. yes <laughs> yeah so that's that's my example of like practical OSINT. but you know the exact same story I told could be you looking for a job, you know, the, the job market is so hot right now. Everyone's hiring and you could maybe find yourself working for a less than great employer when a bit of Googling might have, you know, let, let you know what you were getting yourself into. Any, any, any thoughts on like pre-employment OSINT?
1: Yeah. I'd say on the flip side, just researching for your resume. I mean, that's, that's doing OSINT too. Um, figuring out what kind of keywords they might be looking for, what exactly they're, they're hiring for, who's doing the hiring, maybe what they, I mean, I w- that's that's kind of a boundary. Like, where do you stop? How far do you research these people who are interviewing you, <laughs> you know? Because at some level it does get creepy. It, it crosses that line um, between just doing OSINT and like, you know, doxing an entire person's history. <laughs> But, but it is useful to sometimes have a leg up, like if you know that they have a history of, you know, hiring certain people or for certain positions or whatever, um, to, to tailor your resume or your interview to that. And maybe you find out they love hockey and you can, you know, throw that in (laughs) to your interview. You never know. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I think that's a very valid point. Um, especially like, where do you draw that line? Um, you know, I I think most people would agree like, okay, you know, learn as much as you can about the company you're interviewing with, learn as much as you can about the position you're applying for or interviewing for. Um, but then it's like, well, you know, now I'm, you know, now (laughs) now I'm, 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 I'm on my interviewer's Instagram, you know, and I'm trying and and I'm feverishly taking notes about little hints to drop that might, sway things in my favor that's that's not an illegitimate technique <laughs> um you know because yeah it, i mean it, it's
1: still open source intelligence but that's the thing like what ha- you have to learn where the line is and not everybody knows that and there aren't it's not like there's any rule written rules i mean laws yes <laughs> you can't you can't stalk someone but i mean just like societal rules like linkedin Maybe I would go to LinkedIn and maybe see if they have any posts about some things that they've done, maybe some charities they've volunteered for, or something like that. But I wouldn't go digging around on their you know personal Instagram looking at their children or you know whatever
0: that's that's probably a great segue into something else I wanted to pick your brain about. You know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know that you're a member of every, volunteer infosec organization and that that's only like halfway a joke (laughs) um (laughs) but to your point i think it's incredibly useful and necessary for not, not not even just newcomers for all of us to surround ourselves with a group of people that's going to keep us on the right path that's going to you know reinforce a set of good behaviors discourage a set of bad behaviors and to me that's what a community is but i think it can be really tough for a brand new person like okay i'm just gonna google OSINT groups and if you (laughs) join the first one that might not work out so great for you
1: yeah i i also think you kind of have to tailor it to what you're into um you know if you're into like geolocation then there are certain people and groups that kind of focus on that and that is who I would try and get in with. Um, You know, you have your Bellingcat people who do a lot of that. Um, There are certain people you see posting on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram that that do just those specific things that you're into Um, and they all have groups and pages and message boards that you, you can join um, and I think that that helps you figure out the rules and methods within that little subsection of OSIN. Um, you know if if you're into things like Trace Labs where you're where you're human targeting I guess is is how I would put that um, there are groups like you know uh, the Innocent Lives Foundation or Operation Safe Escape or you know those type of humanitarian um, volunteer organizations that you can volunteer for. You don't even have to do OSIN. I mean, you can volunteer just to be a part of the group and kind of see, see what's going on and see how everybody interacts and just learn little bits along the way.
0: Yeah. I I think that's, that's a good point. Um, and it, it goes back to something you brought up at the very beginning was deciding what kind of OSINT you're into or, you know, what, what about it attracts you or, you know, interests you. Um, you know, if you're interested in geolocation, like, Hey, I just love finding out where things are based on pictures. That's, that's, that's really cool. That's going to be one group of people. Whereas if you're like, Hey, I just like, you know, I like OSINT just on corporations and nonprofits, I, th- I think that's that's fascinating. The different things you can learn, you know, that's going to be a different group of people. So, really, just keeping your trying to narrow your focus as much as possible is probably going to make that process easier.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not like you're boxing yourself in forever. Um, you know, I do a lot of maritime stuff, but maritime crosses into corporate recon. You want to know who owns the ships that you're looking at? It crosses into geolocation you have to look at satellites and find ships you know on satellite or in, from pictures and you know it crosses into many different areas but you have a, a place to start you have a home <laughs> you have you have a group of people um and and the difference between the Osync community and infosec um, as a whole is that the Osync community is very small. I think you'd agree. I mean, most of us know each other. I mean if we have not met in person, we've talked at least somewhere before. Um, so it's a very tight-knit community and and once you get find your people, um, I think you can learn a lot from a lot of people, just I mean, even just on Twitter, if you follow people on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. Um, calling out that OSINT is just a subsection of a larger community, but it's small. Um, yeah. You know, if you hang around for a year or two, you know, you're going to see a, a lot of the same names, a lot of the same handles. And that's really all you have to do. <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, just just showing up is like 90% of getting involved. Yeah. Um, so just finding a couple of good groups or communities or Twitter feeds or blogs And just being diligent about being active in those communities. And like I said, being active could just be just lurking. Like like lurking is an activity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And something I've always personally stuck by, and and it might not be for everybody, is that I'm only going to take from the community if I give back to the community. So I will absorb all your blogs and your podcasts and your writing but only if i then put something out myself for other people to read or learn from or i don't know throw in the trash whatever they want to do with it but i i feel like it's only fair to to put content out once you've absorbed so much that has helped you yeah
0: and i always go by the 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 i guess maxim of i I try to be the person I wish I'd met when I started. Yeah. So whenever there's a new person who just has, you know, maybe beginner level questions or is kind of lost or confused, I try to be the person that I wish or, 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 or that was, it isn't, isn't always like, Oh, you know, there was no one there to help me. So, you know, a lot of times there were, so I just try to be like the person I would want to bump into as a beginner.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good good rule to live by <laughs> because there i mean OSINT, in my opinion is kind of taking off i think we're just in the you know people who've done it for years would probably disagree that it's been around for years and years but i think it's with with the rise of documentaries like you mentioned and tv shows and uh, more popular pop culture type mentions of it it's starting to gain traction and people are flowing into, I mean, we see that in trace labs, people are just like eating it up. So I I think there's a lot of new people and uh, they need guidance from people who have been in the field and have dealt with situations and um, methods of learning and, and have something to provide. So I I think it's good for people to mentor newer newcomers um, I, I try to whenever someone contacts me, I think that's a good thing to do is pass on some of the knowledge that you have gained.
0: I definitely agree that Osint is gaining more and more and more traction. I think as 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 we're all more and more online, as just there's 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 more information out there today than there was 5 years ago than there was 20 years ago. It's all it's it's all more accessible than it's ever been. There's more of it than there's ever been, and I think it's becoming a more and more legitimate component of what were maybe more traditional investigations, whether that's journalism, whether that's law enforcement, whether that's, you know, just personal fact-finding, you know, trying, trying to find a home. Um, I think that it's, it's becoming a more and more accepted part of those maybe more traditional tasks.
1: And I think companies in general, just like normal organizations, are seeing the value of OSINT for their organization. Like how they can utilize it, how they can uh, hire people to do it and benefit. Um, So that's creating more positions that are open to everyone and not just, you know, government employees.
0: Yeah. And you know, we, like we, we keep coming back to the point and like other people have made the same comment, but you know, OSINT is everywhere. Any, anyone can do it, but I think there might be a, maybe a misconception or maybe people try to like make the focus too narrow. Like it, it isn't just finding things out about a person, you know, to take, take it back a step. It's, finding out things so that could so back to your corporate example it could be hey here is our company's footprint online here is here here is how people see us on LinkedIn here's how people see us on Glassdoor here's how people see us with the Better Business Bureau like just (laughs) like being able to investigate yourself is you know is an OSINT investigation, but not one maybe people traditionally think of in that way.
1: Or even companies teaming with other companies. I mean, they want to investigate the other company. Um, and a lot of the companies hire people who do OSINT. And whether they call it OSINT or, you know, whatever buzzword they want to use, that's that's what they're doing. They're researching the company that they're going to team with and spend a lot of money to to either buy or, or join. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um... If I could take us back to, to communities and talking through that, um, one of the downsides of volunteering with some of these organizations is you can't always just talk about all the amazing work that you do <laughs> with the organizations, um, and that's that's going to be the nature of the beast. So I would I would put a a disclaimer to new people, like don't be discouraged if some of these organizations you're interested in seemed like maybe a walled garden. Like that's, that's by that, that's by design. It's for a very good reason. So don't feel like people are being snobbish or elitist. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, if you're working for ILF, you can't just talk, tell everybody what you're doing. If you're working for NCPTF, you can't just be blogging about this cool thing that you're doing. Um, even though you're are doing amazing work. Um, I was hoping maybe you could talk us through how you wound up with these organizations you touched on kind of how you how you came across trace labs you want to talk about how you stumbled into the other organizations like what about them interested you like how you what, you know said hey i want to commit my time here
1: yeah and and first i did want to say you mentioned um, that you can't always talk about what you're doing and i think that's important because we're doing OSINT but so are the bad guys, you know, <laughs> we're doing OSINT on them, but they are in turn doing the same thing to us. So people who who volunteer for all of these organizations have to be very careful um, what they say, where they say it, just because you could then be the victim of somebody who's doing, looking into you. Um, as far as joining the organizations, I. A lot of them were pretty happenstance, like Trace Labs, it just happened onto it. Um, There is the uh, Mentoring Monday on Tuesday. I don't know if you've ever seen that, or Monday, Mentoring Monday that goes up on Twitter. Um, I think it's uh, Tanya Janka who does it. Um, but I just posted when I first started, um, you know, looking for a mentor or, you know, a way to expand my OSINT skills. And Chris Cox responded and he's like, you could always join uh, Operation Safe Escape. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's that? Sure. I'll join whatever. <laughs> you know, I just want to learn stuff. So he kind of brought me into that um, just in a mentoring situation. And that's how I I worked my way into that organization. Um, ILF, I actually uh, applied, so that's just through their website. You just apply, and then it's an interview process. Um, but I would say, like, if you have any any interest in joining these organizations, start logging the investigations you do, blog, uh, make a video, uh, talk about it, do conference talks. Anything that you, I mean, that's basically your interview. <laughs> you know, your portfolio, if you will of like the the work that you've done because um, any of these organizations are going to want to know that you can do what you say you can do um, so having that as like a, this is what i've done i this proves i can do the work i think that's valuable not only for those organizations but for you know any career you try and get
0: that's a great call out and i would I, w- I would add a cautionary note that the internet is forever and the things that you do on the <laughs> internet are your portfolio, like you said. This is, yeah. <clears throat> you know, these, these blogs you're putting together, you know, these videos you're making, these comments you're leaving. Um, that all is going to come right back to you, hopefully in a positive way but also understand that, you know, this is a very small community and if you misbehave, they remember going <laughs> to get burned.
1: Yeah. And, and I will also say that, um, companies are watching, they're watching you on Twitter. They're looking to hire talent. So I, I got hired from my blogs and posts and a lot of it had to do with posts on Twitter. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like social media, they don't like Twitter, um, they don't like LinkedIn or what have you, but companies do watch those for, for new hires and they will extend offers to people through those means. Um, so it is good to, to start to build up your portfolio, your cloud, market yourself basically.
0: With all the organizations that you donate your time to, um, or uh, this could, this could also apply to maybe a person's professional life as well, because, you know, you're, you're giving your time to an employer and they're hopefully giving you money in, in exchange for that time. <laughs> hopefully. Um, at least, at least I think that's how jobs work. Um, is, is there a through line or maybe a couple of check boxes that like make you think, Hey, this is somewhere I want to spend that time are there some things that all these organizations have in common that kind of hooked you and can keep you hooked or to flip it? Are there some red flags that if, Hey, if these three things happen, I'm out of here, this is not worth my time.
1: Um, To get, to get me hooked, I would say uh, personally, they have to have a good mission and a proven record of, of helping people. I mean, You could have an organization, you could call it a helpful one. You could say we're hunting pedophiles or whatever, but you kind of need to prove that you're doing it lawfully, that everybody's following certain rules, that the information is going where it says it's going. You know, if you participated in an event like Trace Labs and and there was no organization and they just took all your leads and I don't know, threw them in the trash can, (laughs) you wouldn't want to donate your time to that. So on on some level you have to research you have to OSINT, the organization that you you want to to give your time to because it is a lot of time um, you know especially when you have families and other obligations it's you have to care about what you're looking into um, and on, on the red flag side uh, I think it's the same same thing I mean if if you feel like concerned about the way things are being handled in the organization or it doesn't feel right to you. It probably is not right. Um, And I wouldn't continue to, to work with them myself.
0: Yeah. I think, I think those are all great check boxes, both for our volunteer work as well as our professional lives. You know, if, if you're working for an employer that does not have a proven track record, you know that you can't verify that they're doing the things that they say that they do that might not be you know some place that you want to get on board with
1: or they continually ask you to do things that are maybe questionable
0: absolutely do you have maybe a list of dos and don'ts for aspiring OSINT professionals and it could be things that maybe you had to learn the hard way Or just things that you've picked up from your own mentors or the communities you've been a part of but um you know we said before there are there is no OSIT license there are no (laughs) OSIT rules aside from you know just the you know the laws that apply to whatever country you're operating in uh, or your jurisdiction um so I, I I'm I'm really big on putting together like Hey, here are some some best practices for getting started. Hey, you probably shouldn't do this right out of the gate. Um, do you have a personal <laughs> set of those that have helped you?
1: Yeah, I mean, over time, I mean, you know, when you're starting an investigation, that you don't want to just post people's names. I would hope, um, but over time, you kind of learn how to how to write blogs, how to do conference talks, and podcasts, and and all of these things, and and market yourself without um, exploiting someone else. So what I mean by that is I write blogs, but you know I might be osinting a person. I won't post their name. I won't post pictures of them. I won't post you know any information that I find. I blur it out. Um, so I release enough information for the blog to make sense, but not to dock someone who has no idea <laughs> that you're looking into them. Um, because even if you think they've done a, committed a crime or something, you can't. You know, you're not the law. You you, you can present the information, but uh, you don't want to cause harm to them or yourself or their families or, or, you know, who knows what kind of situation could come out of that. So my biggest, biggest takeaway would be, do not dox your girlfriend your exes don't post their names don't don't research somebody and just post their location and and all of that information Um, there are ways to market yourself without crossing that line
0: you know don't don't promote yourself at the expense of others yeah you know don't don't ruin somebody else's life just to get a few more likes
1: right and there are there are so many ways to show that you know something Without hurting somebody else, um, even if you think they've done a bad thing, even if you think they're a pedophile or they've killed someone or you know whatever you can imagine, uh, you are not the police. You are not the FBI. You are just someone behind a computer screen who's using OSINT to search for someone. Um, if you do find something like that, by all means, send it to a- authorities or someone who can actually do something about it. But you know. I wouldn't I wouldn't cross that line just for the sake of putting out a blog or you know getting a few more likes like you said.
0: And I think that ties into you know you you mentioned, you know, where does people behind a screen, where people at a keyboard. I think that unfortunately makes it easier to misbehave. <laughs> yeah, you can um,
1: distance yourself from the act. You know, it's just like trolls online.
0: Yeah, so I think they, and especially for people maybe just getting started in the field, I think that can be a lesson I would like them to internalize is that there are other people, you know, at the other end of your keyboard. These are human beings with lives, with loved ones um, that, you know, the, the, the contents of your investigation could have a very dramatic effect on a real human being or beings and understanding that, you know, there are some people that maybe go about an OSIT investigation or a red team engagement that, you know, there's nothing off the table, you know, if I can do it, I'm going to, um, and that's really a very poor way to investigate and just a poor way to be a human being, quite honestly. Um, but it can it can be a slippery slope that new people can slide down very quickly, I found.
1: Yeah, especially if they're, somebody doesn't call them out. <laughs> but I think I think it's just like in real life. If you wouldn't say so, if you did not want somebody to say something to you, why say it to someone else? You know, it's the same thing when you're doing an investigation. If you wouldn't want somebody to post your kids faces on Twitter, you know, maybe don't do that to somebody else in a blog.
0: You 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 may have mentioned this on other podcasts or in, in other 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 blog posts, but I would love to know how you wound up in Maritime OSINT.
1: What's that story? <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like all of these are so like a right place, right time sort of <laughs> situations, <laughs> which might not be so um, hopeful for new people. But I I think I I wanted to pick. I wanted to blog about something. I wanted to pick an area that I did not see a lot of blogs on. Um, You know, you see a lot of geolocation stuff and human targeting. And I, I didn't see a lot on maritime. Um, So I used, I I pulled together a bunch of resources. I did some research. I wrote a blog basically for myself, just so I could kind of understand why someone would use OSINT relating to maritime Um, and, the blog got a lot of likes and a lot of shares. And I was, again, very surprised. Um, So I, I did more research and I started posting more about it and I just somehow became this maritime person (laughs) and it was not intentional. It just, I fell into it and now I, I really love it. Like I find it very exciting and now I give talks on it and, you know, do it whenever I can. It's like a hobby on the side.
0: Nice. And I think you've hit on something really important is that the field is so new, but also so vast that those gaps exist. It isn't like maybe, you know, more traditional investigative fields, more traditional fields where everyone's pretty much done it. You know, there, there might be some innovations here or there, but the space is going to be flooded with X or Y to your point. I don't know anybody else doing maritime OSINT and I I know, (laughs) I feel like a lot, you know, I feel like I know several OSINT professionals um, and no one's talking about maritime. Like there are so many just under explored facets of open source intelligence (laughs) that you, the listener could be the next person to explore. And that, that, that's part of why the field is still so interesting because you can apply you know, open source intelligence and just the fundamentals of invest, of an investigation in really novel ways. And it's that, it's that application that I think makes us hackers. It's that application that makes us, you know, different and interesting.
1: Yeah. And I see a lot of posts from, from new people, Saying like, where do I start with blogging? How do I how do I write about something? Um, And I think one big wall for people is that you know you look something up and you see a million people who've already written about it, and you might get lucky and find something like maritime where it's like a niche topic that not many people have touched on. But I mean, I think it's good to always remember that you are not someone else. We could write about the exact same topic, you and me, Tom, we could write about the exact same thing, but it would be completely different. Because of the experiences you've had and I've had, we would write about it completely different. Um, And I think that that is a huge thing to remember and don't get stuck behind, well, everyone has done it before. um, Because you have a unique perspective and uh, people want to hear it. And maybe somebody new, newer than you, wants to hear it. And maybe that sparks something in them to start. Was
0: Funny aviation OSINT story. Um, back before I was, you know, a hotshot podcaster. Um, <laughs> this has been, gosh, man, now I feel so old. It's like 15 years ago, back when I had my whole life ahead of me. Um, I, was, I was bartending at Purdue where I uh, went to school. And our bar was owned by like a, for lack of a better word, a franchise company. You know, they had like 20 locations around the Midwest and they were notorious for just like popping in. Um, I think they owned, they either like leased a jet or rented a jet. Uh-huh. Anyway, they, they, they had access to a personal aircraft. And so they could be in, you know, Lafayette, Indiana one day and, you know, Kansas City the next um it's, it's, so you know as a bar as, as an employee or a manager of these bars that was you know this incredible like just specter sort of hung over your head like you know what if today' is the day the you know the owner walks in <laughs> um but you joke was your on, flare on yes exactly you know and you don't want to have just enough because you know <laughs> who wants to be just enough um well joke was on them because planes have tail numbers and they have to log flight plans. Yeah. So eventually, the word spread to all of these managers that like, hey, you know, you just go to this website. Here's their tail number, and you can see if they have a flight plan logged or not.
1: That's awesome. So we would,
0: so we would <laughs> typically have at least a full day. Like a, at the at the worst, we would have a couple hours notice. Like you know, we might you know jump on there at 10 a.m. and see that they were headed our way that day. Um, so that at least bought us a few hours to, you know, get things cleaned up and shoved in the basement where nobody ever went.
1: And there's um, your practical OSINT.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's my, so even, you know, back in the day I was using practical OSINT to make my life less miserable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I use, I use flight tracking too with maritime because a lot of uh, you know, you have the the ships that the, the planes land on. So or they're delivering supplies to, or what have you. So a lot of times there's a crossover between flight tracking and and ship tracking.
0: Yeah, as as we're on the the topic of just practical everyday OSINT, um nextdoor.com com. Are, are, are you are you are you familiar?
1: I am very familiar. I go nowhere near it. I, I have <laughs> nothing to do with that.
0: For anyone that's not familiar, it's a private social network that's intended to bring together members of the same physical community. So the idea is only people that live in a a neighborhood or a city are allowed to log in to this community. Um, How they go about that is either your IP address that you're connecting to the the site with um, like a like at home mailers with like a code You know, they're, they're doing some due diligence just to try to make sure that only the people that actually live in these communities are in that community online. Um, and it's a place where neighbors can share, you know, events and questions and
1: details about your house and your family. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, so that, that's the intent And, and people are even more inclined to overshare because it's a, it's a private network. But, but you know, if you're new to a community, it might be worth your time to make an account and just lurk and just see what your neighbors are up to. Um, yeah,
1: neighborhoods are, are rife with those information, I think. I I often walk through mine and we have a big, large trash day once a month. And the the stuff that I can figure out just from walking around, like, you know, people are have a new uh, box for a MacBook and then a, an office desk and like all this stuff you you know they've set up a new office in their house and maybe they're working from home now and like you just pick up all these weird little tidbits of of information from from yeah, the trash that's, <laughs> no and
0: that's 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 an amazing call out and one that I think maybe I take for granted, but it's worth calling out that OSINT isn't just electronic it's just open intelligence um so it doesn't have to be things you see on facebook or twitter it can be walking around and just observing the world around you um seeing what people are throwing out seeing you know what cars are in driveways seeing you know is someone's grass taller than it normally is that means they're probably on vacation um like that's all OSINT.
1: And it, seems, it sounds excessive, but you got to think if you're in a situation where you're you're in a job and you're looking for a specific, uh, I don't know, nation state actor who's doing something they're not supposed to and you see their trash outside, like you might be able to piece together things. So it's just good. Pra- I just do it when I'm like walking around. It's like second nature now to just like start looking into people's lives through their trash and like weird stuff like that. But I mean, those are all, like, good ways to train yourself to think like an investigator.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I figure as long as you're not going through the trash, oh, that's no, I'm not, not creepy. You know, There's it, no touching it, it's, it's, of trash. <laughs> you, know, the, it, you know, that's the align between passive and active recon. Passive recon yes. is just observing while you're, like, walking your dog. Active recon is like, well, let's just pop open that can and see what's going on.
1: But it is passive to notice that they've thrown out a bunch of boxes for new things. Mm -hmm. Go back to your computer, look on their Facebook page and see they've posted a picture of their new home office or, you know, something like that. That is still passive and that is still connecting different parts of OSINT to create a whole story. Yep. And that's a good lesson on pivoting between information, which is 98% of OSINT.
0: Yes. Yeah, that is also worth calling out for any new people listening to this is that the information you find is oftentimes not nearly as valuable as the next place it leads you. So finding someone on Facebook is pretty easy, or Instagram, pretty easy. But what separates good investigators from great investigators, in my opinion, is what do you do with the information in front of you?
1: Right. And if you have three separate pieces of information, they could mean nothing apart. You put them together and the co- the context of all of them creates a story that might be useful to whatever you're looking into.
0: Yeah. And touching on the concept of stories, because that's what an investigation is. You know, it's a story that you're piecing together from the information as you see it. I would caution people let the story tell itself um what i mean by that is if you go into an investigation with a set of preconceptions or assumptions that can maybe taint or inadvertently direct the investigation so if you're um gosh well let's go back to tiger king why not um, if you're if you're pretty sure that Carol Baskin killed her husband you're gonna that that's the information that you're looking for you're you're looking for pieces of information that are confirming the conclusion you've already made um, and that's in my experience not a great way to investigate
1: right you're looking for an outcome you've already decided what is that confirmation bias is that what that's called? I think so
0: if yeah. if we'll go with that. It's, it's confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not, we'll just edit this part out.
1: <laughs> More research for you. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: yeah. But so- I
1: I would also say though, that when I say story, I think that is a very valuable skill for people in OSINT to have. Um, and newcomers, if you're looking for a skill to work on new year, new you Um, being able, I mean, your, your information, your investigation usually doesn't stop with you. It's usually being passed on or up maybe to, you know, CEOs or somebody who might not be as investigative minded as you are. And you have to tell the story of what you found. You have to be able to take your data points and make it make sense to someone else. Um, some people are really good at this. Some people are terrible at that. But I think that is also what makes you a very good OSINT investigator. And that's something that companies are looking for when they're hiring, is the ability to take what you're finding and make it into an understandable story for someone who might not be an OSINT investigator.
0: Yes. I think that being able to clearly explain what you found is just as important if not more important than what you actually found um if you if you can't explain to the police why what you found is relevant and important well
1: what do they care
0: (laughs) exactly so then so then actually so now your investigation to a certain extent was meaningless it was made cool for you but if if you can't explain to someone why it matters and how it matters you've maybe just wasted a lot of time and energy.
1: Especially if they, the next person needs to take action on it. You know, they, they might need to get approvals to, I don't know, raid someone's house or something. So, you know, you're passing information on to them that they then have to pass on to somebody else. So it has to be very clear, um, you know, who, what, why, uh, all of that information has to be very clear and told in a, report in a story for them.
0: Yes. Well, Ray, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing conversation just as I knew it would be my resolution for the new year is I'm going to find an organization that you don't volunteer with. That's my
1: <laughs> NTPT. <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: that's my, that's my OSINT <laughs> mission for myself. <laughs> Um, any, anything you'd like to plug any organizations you'd like the listeners to know about, or just letting us know where they can find you online.
1: Sure. I'm, I'm super active on Twitter, um, or at least lurking mostly on Twitter, um, at Wondersmith underscore Ray. Uh, I also have a medium blog that I post all my blogs to, Um, And then the organizations that I would mention is um, OSINT Curious. So I am an executive board member for OSINT Curious, and we put out a lot of content, um, free content for learning OSINT techniques. And, you know, we put out blogs and videos and and 10-minute tips and things like that. Um, Operation Safe Escape, uh, we work to help domestic violence victims escape from their abusers. Um, We use all kinds of things like uh, open source intelligence and digital forensics, things like that. Uh, And then the Innocent Lives Foundation where uh, you can volunteer to help um, save children from their abusers. Um, And there are lots of roles there from marketing to uh, OSINT. So it's just a good organization to be a part of and follow and even donate if you don't want to be a part. Um, but we would appreciate it. And I'm, I'm super glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. This has been an amazing conversation just as I knew it would be. I don't, I don't pick bad guests. Haven't had a bad (laughs) one yet. Um, I will link, um, all the organizations you mentioned as well as your socials down in the show notes If any of the listeners find an organization you're not a part of, please let me know.
1: (laughs) Yes, and if anybody wants to reach out to me, um, I'm more than willing to answer any questions you have about uh, ocean or maritime or anything.
0: Cool, well, I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Thanks, thanks for having me.
0: This has been another episode of Breadcrumbs. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at tracelabs.org. On Twitter at Trace Labs. But if you really want to find us, just follow the breadcrumbs.